Welcome to SheWolf Impact. I'm Michaela, Accelerated Ascension Master and Divine Design Business Mentor. I know you are ready to jump into your millionaire timeline, attract your ideal clients and command miracles into your life experience each and every single day without any delay. Through my own personal and spiritual awakening, I have been called to help people exit the 3D matrix, awaken to their God consciousness and activate their divine DNA, as well as manifesting from 12D pure bliss consciousness, helping you create heaven here on earth so you can finally manifest everything you ever wanted like crazy. It's no coincidence we found each other. Your intuition led you here and it's right. Let's awaken the power within. People, welcome to SheWolf Impact Podcast. And today we are having a special guest here. And Ayla has agreed to coming up on the podcast to speak to you guys about awakening, what it really means, his own experiences, and so on. So we're going to have a conversation. So Tyler, if you would just introduce yourself to the listeners of the She-Wolf podcast, who you are, when the awakening for you happened, and then we just take it from there. Okay. Um, so yeah, my name is Tyler Ugaldi. My Facebook is Tyler Ugaldi, and my uh, YouTube channel is Red Pill Rabbit Hole. And my awakening started in 2018. So I've been doing videos for about four years now. And what I mainly focus my videos around is the topic of non-duality, which in my own words is essentially the teaching that everyone is God, everyone is the universe, everyone is basically essentially the source to what they're seeking and everyone seeking something different however we all end in the same place because we are all the same being if you will is the teaching i just love your videos because i have checked them out and especially the name the rabbit hole which kind of ties into the matrix because mm -hmm. morpheus says there uh, he speaks about the red pill and the blue pill and you obviously have gone down the red pill rabbit hole. So um, if you could just share with people a little bit more about how or what kind of events took you to the final or the grand awakening. So the, the, what started my awakening was actually being in the darkest place that I've ever been, which was I survived uh, an overdose, a suicide attempt. So if anyone's watching out there and they're feeling depressed, you know, don't feel discouraged because it's definitely not like the end of the road. It's uh, it can be the beginning of something very beautiful. But yeah, I survived that. And however, after leaving the hospital, I still had no will to live, no will to. And it was not that I didn't want to live. I had questions that burned so deeply into my brain. I just had to answer them. And I felt as if death was the only way. I felt hopeless, like I couldn't answer these questions. So one of my friends had led me into the topic of psychedelics, you know, just to look into them and see what they're about. And I had seen a few videos talking about experiencing an ego death. And since I had already tried to kill myself, 
I figured an ego death would be a better alternative. So I, I, I did mushrooms and I've only done them twice, but it was my first time that I actually experienced a breakthrough. And uh, I tell people, I think I had such a special experience with them, like a full breakthrough of death because I was so willing to die. I was so willing to surrender. I was so willing to exchange what I thought the answer was with what the answer was. And the ultimate answer is, is you, is yourself. Everything you swear you're not, you truly are. And that's what's awaiting you in the end is, you know, we think we're enslaved here. We think we're this non-important thing. And it's like, you're everything. And that's, that goes into the subconscious mind. You know, everything that we're not aware of ourselves as is everything you precisely are. And that's the catch of Alice in Wonderland, you know, chasing a white rabbit, which was only her subconscious self. And you can never reach out and grab it because it's already you. It's not separate. Therefore, what you're reaching out to grab is already yourself. It's just a matter of realizing that it's already you. Otherwise, the rabbit hole never ends. I find it very interesting that we too get to speak because you mentioned the attempt of a suicide with an overdose. And my awakening happened from an overdose of my twin sister. So it's kind of like very interesting that we too get to speak with like these kind of connections. So when you did the mushrooms, how would you explain that experience to people? Like, did you go there in there intentionally saying, okay, I'm ready to die. I'm ready to let the ego die. Now bring it on. Like, did you went into that experience intentionally or were you kind of like, okay, let's just see what happens? Yeah, I had no idea what to expect. The only thing that I knew was watching videos of people describing an ego death. And I kept hearing the word ego death, but I kept thinking of this term as a metaphor. It's not a real thing. You know, it's something that you metaphorically get. I tell people all the time, there's nothing you can do to prepare yourself for psychedelics, which is what makes it so frightening for people. There is no practice. There's nothing you can do to prepare because the moment they start kicking in, it's almost as immediate as a heart attack, as if what I mean by that is it's, it's very real. Like it kicks in and it's such an instantaneous moment and it just hits you all at one moment that, wow, this is real. And your brain somewhat has an understanding that it's about to experience death or it's shutting down, if you will. Because when I took them my first time, I took five, 5.5 grams. And again, I didn't know what to expect. I just thought of an ego death. However, 40 minutes in, the back of my head started to tingle. And my brain, my inner brain, my conscience, that inner voice was telling me that I had to lay down, that I had no choice but to lay down because my body was shutting down. And that's what I mean by it's, it's like a heart attack because I didn't understand what the ego death was until, boom, my brain's telling my mind basically that I'm dying, that I need to lay down and accept that I'm dying. And I, I was instantly scared. I was terrified. It was almost as if like I wanted to die and then it was there, right there. And I didn't want to anymore. But that's the beautiful part about psychedelics is it kind of takes control away from you. So let's just say I was doing this for five minutes, pacing back and forth in my room, 
where I'm telling myself I have to lay down and I'm trying to fight it and say, no, no, no. Like, I'm not going to lay down. I'm not going to die. I'm not ready. But when I say five minutes, when you're on the, the psychedelics, five minutes can feel like five years. And so it felt like those five minutes, I was fighting death for five years. It felt like, and finally, I just felt like you have to surrender. And that's what the psychedelics do when you take enough. They make you surrender to the medicine itself. You have no choice. It persists long enough until it forces you to surrender. It forces you to give in. And that surrendering is, is very symbolic to the real world. With, and what I talk about with governments and with systems, that surrenderance that we think we're surrendering to, which is some foreign law or some foreign government, is not actually foreign to you. And that's where everything ties in is it's all connected to your subconscious, to you. But we're very limited in who we believe we are because we've masked ourselves with this belief we have of ourselves. And with that belief comes a very persistent fight with ourselves, with that subconscious shadow. I love that. So what specifically did you face in that experience? Because I've, I am myself have never taken psychedelics, but um, I can only assume that you are being, you're having an experience, a real experience of something. And because of that experience, you are uh, going from thinking to knowing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's one question I get asked a lot is so many people ask me, how am I so sure with what I talk about? Like, how am I so sure and so confident? And that's what I tell them is everything that I talk about is not from a book or a video or, you know, something it's from directly my experience and it's through the psychedelics, but it was through that breakthrough, that breaking through of death that I was able to see myself beyond what I thought I was. And that's just it. What we think we are is so limited to what we actually are. And that's why it's so frightening because it terrifies us to our core that we are so powerful. We are all this and, We simply can't comprehend it through that limited scope. So it terrifies the ego, shakes it. However, when you start shedding those pieces of ego, you realize they never were. You never were this. They didn't, it didn't exist. And that's where you die before death to realize death isn't even real. What you thought you were and what you thought you began as never actually began. Therefore, it can never end. It was a misconception of yourself. That is true. Five, five minutes of me pacing in my room, I was like, no, I'm not going to lay down. And it, again, it felt like five years. So finally, I just I told myself I have to lay down. There's no choice. I'm stuck here. So I laid down and I honestly can't tell you too vividly what happened after. But all I know is I went immediately out of body. And it wasn't like a conscious thing, but I was just out of my body and From there, I don't know how I got to the next place, but the next thing I was seeing was like a hole, basically. And I was just going through this tunnel, if you will. And there was a light at the end of the tunnel. And it sounds funny, but there was a deep, a very deep voice. And it was my subconscious mind. At the time, I didn't know it was my subconscious mind. But it was this deep voice that was telling me, why I was here. And it told me, you want to know God. It says, you know, basically, I know why you're here. You want to know God. And this is why you've come. 
So it asked me like three times. It was like, are you, are you sure you want to know what God is? And so I said, yes. So let me, let me start over a little bit. I'm going through this tunnel. This voice appears basically and says, you know, this is why you're here. You wanted to know God. And so once it starts saying that I stop, I, I can no longer keep going through. So once it asks me, are you sure you want to know God? And I say, yes, it moves me a little bit more through this tunnel. And so out of nowhere, I stop. I stop again, and I'm almost toward the light. It says, are you sure you want to know God? And I said, yes. And so I keep moving a little bit closer to the, to the hole. And it asks me one last time. It says, this is the final chance. It says, are you sure you want to know God? And this is why I tell people, this is a point of no return. This is what death is. Because once you die, you can't pretend that you're this little person anymore in this world. It's, it's Alice in Wonderland. It's, it's say goodbye to Kansas because everything you knew is just abolished. But I said yes again. You know, I wanted to know God. And I went through the hole, basically. And I consider that the breakthrough of death. For the first time, meet yourself. And so... I went through that hole into this light and from the light was just an, an abyss. It was darkness and it, I couldn't really describe. There wasn't a color, but it was a nothingness. There was nothing. I was simply a pair of eyes like this. If you were to look in any direction, there was nothing to be seen. There was no person. There was no place. There was no thing. And when I would look down, there was no legs, there was no body, there was nothing. So ultimately, I was just this witnessing pair of eyes. I couldn't see what I was behind my eyes. And that's where a lot of these pictures come in, where you see the singular eye, the one eye. This is very vital to that, because what it's doing is it's showing you exactly what God is. You're meeting yourself for the first time, and it's showing you when people say everything is nothing and nothing is everything. When you break through death, you're, you're entering that nothingness. And the longer you sit as that nothingness, the more you understand exactly what that means. Nothing is everything and everything is nothing because you're able to realize as this witnessing pair of eyes, this is what's called the all-seeing eye. And it's been made evil. It's been made dark and satanic. But the reason it's been made dark and satanic is because it's very evil to the ego the ego is in conspiracy with itself. And if, if, if it finds out that the all-seeing eye is truly itself and not some evil entity, then it's going to discover itself beyond the ego. So this is why it labels the all-seeing eye as evil. So you will not look in that direction. It's a deterrent away from the answer. The answer you seek, you label satanic, you label evil. However, that is the way out. So back to my story. There's nothing to be seen. And so from that point, I basically had an inner dialogue with myself. And I was saying, if that was God or, you know, it was asking me if I wanted to know God, but I'm like, the voice is gone. It just left. After it said, this is the final time. Are you sure you want to know God? And I said, yes. The voice left me after I went through the hole and it was gone. So basically... It goes back to the timelessness. I felt like I was in this place of nothingness for over a hundred years. I felt like I was stuck in this place. And this is why I tell people psychedelics doesn't take you to a place, which is very important to mention because you'll hear a lot of people when they talk about psychedelics saying they need to go back there, there. 
and you hear there as a place. You think of it as a place, but it's not a place. This pair of eyes that's witnessing as the nothingness is it's showing you that that pair of eyes, that witness is right here behind your veil, behind your ego. You are the presence right now that is everything and nothing. However, we make it into a place. So we think we have to return there. We think we have to get there or we have to do psychedelics to achieve there. But the point of the psychedelic is to show you you are there already. And you don't need to do them to achieve it. That's the most beautiful part. But they're just an assistance, a tool to help you realize this. However, the spiritual community are, in my opinion, abusing them. They're taking them a little too much, a little too reliant. But I'm not judging, just a point of, of observation. But I think it needs to be said that they're not taking you to a place but rather a presence, a witness. And that witness is what's now, what's here. And that's, that's another thing is you're not returning to a body. When you come out of medicine, you're not coming out of medicine. You are the medicine. So that's the biggest trap is when you come out, you're not coming out. That's why forever is, is one second from like Alice in Wonderland says, because when you make that connection, it takes one second. And in that one second, you'll have experienced forever in that instantaneous moment because you'll have touched every time, every place, everything, because you'll no longer identify yourself as this witness, but as the universal witness of all places and things. How would you describe, in your opinion, when people in religions, they seek God, but they see God as something outside of them, as a higher force, as something completely separated from them. Like, how would you speak to them? Because clearly they are seeking God, but they are seeking at the wrong space. So that, that would be... And here's the thing, you can't tell anybody otherwise, you know, if they're not open-minded enough to tell them, because that's the thing, reality is subjective, seeing is believing. So what someone believes is what they see, right? But for someone open-minded enough, I would tell them that they're, I say this a lot, but their words basically are like water. Your words are like water because words are shapeless. Your mind shapes all the words which means all the words you believe in, all the places you believe in as the words and all the people you believe in as the titles, they don't exist. These words don't exist, but we've fallen for the word. And that's kind of what the Bible talks about. Like in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God, but it talks past tense. The word was God, because once we speak that word, because again, we are God. Once we speak that word, we've fallen into separation. We've fallen into form, and form is separation. And that's exactly what an ego death is, is the abolishment of all forms into that universal presence of one. So basically, the, the mind it's the mind materializing itself, which is exactly what we're doing with angels, demons, aliens, archons, all these things. All these entities are ultimately ourselves, are the singularity, are our presence. And that's why I say your words are water, because the mind is shapeless, which means the mind is everything. It can take shape as anything, which means any entity we can conceive of, we can shape is simply materialized by the mind. So any 
angel or demon throughout history has always come from you, from your mind. Because again, we're all the same being behind the name, behind the male, female, behind the separation. It's all you. But any entity we've ever created has come from the mind. It's the materialization of the mind itself. So I'm really keen to know how your life has changed ever since that awakening to yourself. If you describe like before and after and how you deal now uh, as an awake one in a world full of soul asleep human beings, like how do you navigate that? It's actually my favorite now that I've awakened because I, I see everyone as myself basically. I've, I've never been asked that question, so that's a good question. But um, I've never uh, thought to tell anybody or mention it in my videos, but my life has actually like drastically changed since I've, I've broken through, since I've taken psychedelics. And I, I hear a lot of people, you know, say they become depressed, they become scared, they can't, you know, go back to reality after psychedelics, but it was just the opposite for me. Like it brought me into touch with everything and that's the thing i didn't keep going back i went one time the second time i did it i was doing it um in a ceremony and the shaman that i was with i was assisting he he really wanted me to just take one he's like please just join us so you can be in the vibration so that's why i took him just to you know join in the ceremony but i wasn't seeking you know my first time i was seeking very persistently seeking but um yeah i didn't go back so when you say your life drastically changed, can you just like um, be more tangible or just describe to people what exactly <laughs> so, has changed? Yes. So this is this is quite funny. Um, again, I've never said this on camera. The only people who know this about me are the people in my life, you know, because I don't really talk about my personal life. But I started off working overnights at um, Home Depot. And I was just a, a regular uh, freight team person, which means, you know, I just pack out the boxes on the shelf and that's it. I was at the very bottom. And it was during that position, that time where I was again at my lowest. That's where I attempted the suicide. You know, I came back to work, same position, same feeling, you know, and I did psychedelics. And I would say a year later, I transferred different stores, which... I felt like that, you know, moving stores was a huge transition for me from that place I was in, from the person I was. And once I got to this new store, I got promoted to supervisor in five months of being there. And then I think I, I, I worked every single department in the store and basically developed the reputation of being one of the hardest working supervisors, one of the best supervisors, you know, as far as just being attentive and doing the job. And from there, I'd say two years after doing that, I got promoted, which was this year, February, I got promoted to manager from supervisor. So in four years, I've, I've gone from, you know, a regular bottom associate to I have a key to the building. I have a code to the building. I, I run the building now. And it's just, it's crazy to go from that to this through my transition. And not only did I get promoted to manager, but this is the funniest part. The store that I left originally, I got promoted to manager from my home store that I started at. So it's almost like 
Leah Roberts, I began or I ended right where I began. I, I ended my journey as manager right at the store I started at when I was at my lowest. And it's just, it's funny. I actually, uh, today was my last day there actually, cause I'm transferring to another new store. But again, it's like, I feel like a new transition once again, because the store I'm going to now is much nicer. It's a higher paid store. So it's just everything. Everything's great. You know, so it's. Congrats. <laughs> amazing. Yeah, thank you. Did you also notice that um, in the 3D reality of, of how we experience life, that through the awakening, you became a lot less or not only a lot less, but completely non-resistant towards things? Oh, yeah. Yeah, because before my awakening, um, I didn't really put out videos. But if, you know, I look back at my old statuses, like from 2016, long before my awakening, And you'll see, like, I'm talking bad about artificial intelligence, like it's going to kill us. And I'm talking about this. And now it's like I have no resistance because I understand myself beyond all disguises. Like there's no AI, there's no alien, there's no anything that can fool me again. And that's why I talk about that breakthrough moment, because and that's how I'm so confident with what I know to answer people's questions. You know, when they ask me how I'm so confident because I've had that direct experience where I've broken through. And so I can never fool myself again with, with these disguises of, of AI and, and aliens and these things threatening my life because you, you are eternally life itself. There is nothing that can, can kill you. There's nothing that can replace you. You are the, the it. <laughs> yes. Would you also say that with that awakening, uh, a lot How am I going to phrase this? With that awakening, that the main state of being is in that peaceful state rather than being reactive towards life. Let's say something happens, like someone loses a job. They are then, the ego is reacting. But when you're fully awake, that the majority of the experience throughout the day is like in a deep state of peace. Or how is it with you? Um, so I won't say I don't react from time to time, but for the average, you know, before I know my awakening, I would be an emotional wreck and I would just respond to every little thing. And now it's just um, instead of a reaction, it's an action. I'm consciously um, acting instead of reacting to you know, others, because again, that is the ultimate message. There is no other, it's you. And that's, that's another thing that, that makes this philosophy hard is, you know, there is no Satan, there is no government, there is nothing to blame. It's all you. However, it's empowering because again, it's like you have the power all along and at any moment you can decide to take it back, you know? Yeah. So it's, it's, it's frightening, but it's liberating. It's, it's empowering as well. Do you notice also that the matrix, that there are fully awake moments and then there are, when the matrix merges you back in, do you also experience these kind of merging back with the matrix? When you talk about matrix, what do you mean? Well, when I, when I speak about matrix, I speak about the mind, I speak about the ego because the ego is part of the matrix. And the ego is part of the false sense of self and how it creates being separated from something or addicted to form. So 
when I speak about merging back into the matrix, let's say you start off your day and you're fully consciously aware of everything. And then you go about your day and then whoops, the thought process starts again. And then the identification starts again. Like, do you experience these kind of things? I would say not, not so much, no. I mean, I'm not really thinking like that. That's kind of goes into what, what I talk about with meditation. And it's funny because I talked about meditation with this guy at my work uh, last week because he was telling me, um, he, you know, his girlfriend's into spirituality and all this stuff. So I asked him, he said his girlfriend got him meditating. And I said, what are you doing? And he said, you know, they sit down in their room and they light a candle, you know, and they put on music. And I told him right away, I said, there's absolutely nothing wrong with doing this. Right. But I said, hear me out. That is the greatest misconception of meditation. Meditation, as Buddha taught it, is walking, sleeping, eating, breathing, meditation. Meditation is your being. It's not a thought and it can't be a thought. It can't be something that is achieved. It's ultimately achieved already. And that's the ultimate meaning is of meditation is it connects you directly to life it bridges you directly to existence you don't have to think about how to be and that's why children are happier you know all these spiritual practices that we fill our mind with a child has no thought in the world about that no care in the world because they don't need a process to exist they don't need to connect anything to exist and that's what can also be a trap with spirituality. Spirituality is very empowering. It's very enlightening. However, we can also get stuck, you know, in that as well, just like religion, because ultimately it's all the mind. I totally agree because um, if you hear me speak, I often speak about the healing because... Oh, I do. I don't know if you see me, but I share your videos all the time. I was sharing your videos like crazy last week. <laughs> Thank you. But uh, like the healing, is, which is like a great part of the spiritual community because they think they need to heal something, but through you was never broken. It's like mm -hmm. you're trying to heal the false self, which never, yes. which will never lead you to real awakening because you're constantly feeding the wrong self rather than like uh, awaken and be fully you. So, and now I forgot about where I wanted to go with that. Mm. But when you spoke about the meditation, the meditation is literally just as you said, when you go through your day and you consciously move through it without the thought, then you're being in the being rather than mm. just sitting there and trying to escape thought. Mm. so yes. when it comes to duality and i find duality a super interesting topic because <laughs> as you know um many people try to achieve wealth they try to achieve money they try to achieve form because that secondary source of form then feeds again who the ego so if we speak about the duality because in the matrix or in the ego egoistic self you bring along the good and the bad at the same level because if, if you go with the good times only you bring along the bad stuff too because mm -hmm. you're being tied to the ego however when you remove the uh, ego self then everything becomes one so what would you tell people about duality in your words and how you experienced it? Because as you said, 
nothing that you share with the world has come from a book or from other sources. It came directly from you through your experience and through that knowing. So my experience with duality would be, it would go back to my psychedelic experience. Basically, when I experienced that psychedelic, uh, that medicine, what I tell people it did and what I think it does when you do break through is it merges the two hemispheres of your brain together. So, but to repeat the question, because people or humans or unawakened humans, they have to deal with duality because they are, right. they are still in there. So what would you tell them about duality? So, yeah, for me, it merged my two hemispheres together of my brain, which for me, as of today, as now, like I said, I don't see duality and I don't exist in duality. So I, I get a lot of response, a lot of resistance when I start talking about um, non-duality, because a lot of the resistance I met with is, you know, there's still duality. Duality is a law. Duality has to exist. But I understand this is ego speaking, because again, ego is in the greatest conspiracy with itself. And what duality does is it keeps the ego alive. It keeps the ego existing in what it believes in itself as, which is beginning and end. And as long as we believe in ourselves as the body, as ego, then we'll always exist between those two points. And that's where you stay limited is you're only the appearance and disappearance of this one form. Yet you're so much more, but you're trying to shrink yourself to just this and you want to hang on to just this but you don't realize you've done this a million times, an infinite amount of times over, and you wouldn't know a difference because again, your eternal life. So basically, essentially duality is an illusion. It doesn't exist. It takes shape through the dualistic brain. The, the inner or the outer reflects the inner, right? So there's two hemispheres to the earth. There's two hemispheres to the brain. And it's just, this is the very same. The micro and the macro are, are one and the same. It's you the whole time. And that's why duality is an illusion, because there appears to be two. Absolutely, it's undeniable. There's two on the surface level, but this is why you must go beyond the surface. There's something more going on beyond the surface than that meets the eye. And that's why you're in the greatest conspiracy with yourself, the, the ego, not you per se, I'm just speaking, but the two always, they will always appear very separate, very distinct, you know, male, female, very separate. You can tell they're separate because the bodies are different shapes, very different. Black and white, very different color. But again, surface level, they're in the greatest conspiracy with one another because there is no other. There's not two. And that's, that's again, what I believe, just my teaching. But there is no duality. Duality is the grand, the grand illusion. Amen. <laughs> I couldn't agree more. <laughs> so what would you tell people if they, because I'm pretty sure you also get that question a lot. If they ask mm -hmm. you like, uh, hey, Tyler, how can I awake? What would you tell them? So again, people don't really like my answer to that but the reason they don't like it is because there is no practice there is no path there is nothing you can do to achieve an awakening it's the opposite it's an undoing it's a realizing that this final doing that we're trying to do 
has already been done. And this kind of touches base on what I was talking about with this coworker uh, last week. We meditate as a doing because we think that doing is producing something. We're achieving something. But we notice when we, we stop that doing that that great feeling leaves us which means this can't be your, your prize. This can't be what you're really looking for because it's left you. And then you have to do again. So it's kind of like realizing that that final doing that you're awaiting, that doing that's going to bring you that moment of just breaking through is already achieved through what you're calling life. But again, we can't shape it through the mind because when we shape life through the mind all we know it as is appearance and disappearance there's a beginning and there's an end and we can trace life but life is traceless you are eternal you have no boundary therefore this entity that's speaking for us telling us we're just this race we're just this beginning we're just this end it doesn't exist it's never existed it's just a misconception so to awaken is just to simply accept yourself as you are, which is all of this. You are undivided. You are whole right now in this moment. And it's, it's also about merging the duality together, the inner, the outer, the body, the earth. And when you do this, you realize there's never been a body. There's never been an earth. There's never been an inside. There's never been an outside. What you think to be these two separate parts are simply one being, one presence. And again, this, it is shapeless. Everything in the, this form that's around you will be changed. It's guaranteed. But the one thing that cannot change is your presence. What's witnessing all of it, which is all you. It's always been you and it always will be. So instead of trying to remember yourself through history as this name, as this form, as this body, Try to remember yourself through the source of name, the source of form, the source of existence, which is the being, which is presence. And that uh, is how you awaken. That's how you awaken. Not through an individual, but through the universal existence of all that is. There's all is one anyways. Oneness. Yes. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Tyler, thank you so much for having that conversation and for anyone on the podcast or who is listening to our conversation, go and look Tyler up and uh, can you share again your YouTube and your Facebook and where people can find you? Yeah, so my YouTube is Red Pill Rabbit Hole and my Facebook is Tyler Ugaldi. Perfect. Thank you so much, Tyler. And thanks, guys, for tuning in. And we're going to speak again or hear each other again on the next episode. If you love this episode, you are sure to love hanging out with me. So come over to my Instagram, SheWolf Impact, and continue awakening to your true self and your real power.